Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. bongos fade out we welcome you back to the jungle <laughs> as we say hello and uh i don't know how to start podcasts even though we've been doing this for two years i'm adrian and i welcome you to the wild wild podcast and joined by my jungle companion rod barnett hi rod hello it's nice to be back in the sweaty jungle considering the weather outside i know right it's absolutely freezing um yeah sorry this has been a bit of a long gap between jungle adventures i'm sure people have just been desperate to know <laughs> what what's going to happen in the next jungle film is it going to be about a girl who survived a plane crash and then grew to be a beautiful uh jungle girl oh surely not or not i mean the oh i, I will just we'll put people out of their misery soon enough but um <laughs> Before we do that, is there? Uh, I just wanted to mention my uh, couple of things that I've got going on. Have you got anything that you want to plug that's coming out that you, or anything like that? As as has become our tradition, is to plug stuff before we. True, true. I don't really have. I mean, the the, the latest episode of the Bloody Pit is out, which is me and uh, Troy Howarth talking about uh, the 1965 version of Ten Little Indians. Um, uh, the our annual uh, Christmas episode that I do with uh, my regular podcasting partner Troy Gwynn and uh, John Hudson uh, will be covering uh, a Christmas horror story, the 2015 film. We're going to be talking about that anthology horror film this time around. That will be out hopefully the week uh, before Christmas, he says with fingers crossed, knowing how much time it takes to edit these things. Um, uh -huh. That's really all I've got going for new shows or new things being presented to the public that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Very good. Yeah. I was excited last week to receive a copy of the new UHD Blu-ray restoration of Mark of the Devil oh, by yeah. Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, that is the first, my first on-camera appearance in a, in a Blu-ray extra. So uh, very pleased to have been able to produce something for that. Um, so that's out now if anybody wants to see what I look like in full flow uh, <laughs> sitting in my classroom uh, <laughs> what was weird making that was I had to I had to shoot it and edit it and record it and just do I produced the whole thing myself uh, back in the summer holidays so really? I just had to set it yeah so I just set the camera up in the classroom lit it all and then I had to pretend I was being interviewed basically <laughs> I had to speak to an imaginary interviewer 
um, and it was that was quite fun. But anyway, so that's out now, and uh, you can watch it and just see if you can tell that there was nobody else in the room, <laughs> or or if I managed to convince people that I'm having a hilarious chat with somebody else. Um, but the good thing about sort of getting involved with vinegar syndrome is, of course, you know they're always producing all kinds of old crap. Oh, this is true. Uh, yeah. So already I am next weekend shooting another extra for an as yet unannounced film. So I can't say what it is, but um, it's one I'm particularly excited about. And I have a rather unique opportunity to give them a pretty good bonus feature um, for an upcoming Italian film. So hopefully in the new year when that gets announced, because this is very last minute, I only found out they were doing it like a few days ago so it's quickly something that i can just squeeze in before their window production window closes so hopefully it'll be announced in january but i'm very excited to be doing that so yeah all systems go cool uh which is fun and um getting i i offered i optioned to get paid in blu-rays so a massive box arrived from Vinegar Syndrome last week, which was cool. <laughs> so my uh, f forgotten Jelly box sets are now completely up to date. Ah, those are fun. Those are fun, of course. Yeah, I don't know when I'll... There are just so many films. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll tell you more about that when I've got more news on that. But we are, of course, in our last film of this... Mini I mean, say mini-season, I feel like it's taken us about six months. But it's a mini-season... <laughs> nonetheless and uh, we've reached the end um i think the end of our list of films and also pretty much the end of the genre uh in the form as it was that we've been looking at it the sort of brief flurry of jungle girl movies in 1968 and 69 and this was pretty much the last one although the star of this film did make another sort of appearance as a jungle girl type character in a film a couple of years later but Anyway, we are, of course, today talking about a film with a couple of good titles, depending on which, or depending on where you look. It's either Tarzana the Wild Woman or Tarzana the Wild Girl. The Italian title, I should say, is Tarzano Sesso Salvaggio, which basically translates as Tarzana Wild Sex. <laughs> so, would that be wild gender more appropriately, or I don't know, just wild sex? Okay, there wow. it is. I know. Um, I mean, there isn't really, as far as I remember. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot less sex in this film than in some previous entries in this in this subject. Yeah, but yeah. Although, loads more boobs. Yes, the nudity starts immediately under the credits. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> this if if you have any interest in seeing uh, Femi uh, is it Femi Benusi? Is that am I yeah. pronouncing her last name correctly? Probably. <laughs> Probably. If you have any interest in seeing her. Uh, naked this is your movie um uh -huh. wow i mean well, because i don't well, know yeah. i think there may be a few scant seconds of her on-screen time in which she's mildly covered but it's 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 yeah. rare she puts some clothes on but her pet chimpanzee he orders her to take them off straight away I know. <laughs> <laughs> it gives a shake of the head like oh, no, I didn't yeah it's like no no um so this is not particularly well known this film that i found it hard to get any decent reviews i couldn't find any contemporary reviews at all um the film was released in italy it was not released in the uk it was released in america but i couldn't find any contemporary american reviews at all and it wasn't released in america until the mid 70s yeah so i don't know but i yeah i couldn't find any reviews for it um, I looked in all the usual places, but 
So um, it was obviously just a bit of a grindhouse film. Um, it's available to watch on what is possibly the only surviving print, uh, which was in the collection of something weird video. Mm. And this was this was a print that has been through the projector many times. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 sometimes a pretty rough print. There's a yeah. There's a real change it, that I think is uh, that shows evidence of there being an entire scene at least partially missing. Yeah, <laughs> and at times I'm wondering if it's even in, in the right order. I mean, I, it, it's not <laughs> it's not always that easy to tell, but yeah, it's what I do like occasionally seeing prints like this where you know it's it's it would have been shot on Eastman color and Eastman color famously uh, fades pink, mm-hmm. so this is going a bit pink. I mean, there's very little because there's a lot of stock footage and there's there was very little attempt when the film was produced in the first place to match the color between the stock footage and the newly shot footage anyway so the colors are all over the place plus half of it's gone pink um and there's also scratches and occasional pen marks where they've kind of put x's on the thing and all sorts of stuff so yeah if you want that real grindhouse experience you're going to get it with this one you can find it to watch online it's available to watch um on the streaming platform cult picks if anyone subscribes to cult picks but it is this something weird uh print uh there's nothing better that i could find but um nonetheless it was you know it's watchable and it's pretty entertaining i wanted to start our discussion with my favorite review which is on letterboxd <laughs> somebody somebody said that it's uh basically in quotation marks I've got a mountain of stock footage, a guy who specializes in dubbing chimpanzees and a weekend pass to the zoo. Who wants to make an exploitation movie? <laughs> and I think, yep, that's basically it. <laughs> Sign up some actors and go to town. Yeah. <laughs> go to the zoo now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a guy, it's hilarious how she's got this pet chimpanzee and the dubbing for this chimpanzee is just being done by some guy in the you know looping and not sounding at all convincing as a chimpanzee is very funny but are you trying to tell me that there are sounds emanating from this this chimpanzee that aren't actually chimpanzee noises sir i am i am insulted i know it's it's hard to believe but uh yeah it's pretty funny so let's start by saying that this film is another by the um, uh, our friend of the podcast Guido Malatesta, yeah, who is a returning director because, of course, I think he directed our last film, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, Which means he, he was the director he, of Samoa. He, he became. I, I'm guessing for some reason he was kind of a go-to guy all of a sudden in, in 1968 yeah. or 69 for yeah. making these kinds of films. And unfortunately, he died just a year after making this movie, and he was only 51. Yeah. Uh, which is a real shame and his name of course uh, i didn't think about this until uh after we recorded last time but malatesta basically means headache so his name is guy headache uh, which made me laugh a lot when i realized that malatesta i had to buy um paracetamol when i was in rome last summer and so i had to explain that i had a headache and yeah it's basically uh malatesta there you go so that's a great name for a director um we've got another we've got a few other returning cast members here we've mentioned femi busemi um sorry femi benusi i keep doing that benusi. <laughs> not not busemi femi benusi i've been trying i've been looking around trying to find any information i could about femi benusi and apart from the list of all the films she was in and the fact that she was born in what is now Croatia, but was part of Italy at the time. So she is Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't find anything out about her at all. She's apparently still alive. She's in her mid to late 70s now, but I can't find anything. I don't know where she is, what she's been doing for the last 40 years. Yeah, that's that's sad. I was kind of hoping that you might have run across something because I couldn't find anything myself. And considering some of the movies that she was in, I, I'm hoping mm. that there's. I, I was really hoping there was some kind of, at least mildly retrospective, 
uh, interview with her because I mean she was in so many interesting movies. It's it's kind of frustrating. I mean you know we've, yeah. we we talked on here about Killer Must Kill Again, but you know uh-huh. Stranger and the Gunfighter and Bloodsucker Leads the Dance and it's just bloody pit of horror for goodness sake. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget Super Sexy Market in 1979. <laughs> that one had slipped slipped my mind. How did that happen? Wait. Yeah, I mean, she's done nearly 90 movies. It's the kind of person, maybe somebody like Eugenio Ercoloni. Ercoloni? Ercoloni. That guy, um, who seems to interview everybody for all the Blu-ray extras these days. Maybe he could track her down. Fingers crossed. But I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find any evidence that she's ever been interviewed about her career at all. I mean, she's even in, you know, stuff like Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Yes. Um, and Strip Nude for Your Killer, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And she started out when she was 19 in Bloody Pit of Horror, um, which obviously is a film very close to your heart. Yes, yes, this is true. So, yeah, it's a shame, really. I really would like to know something about her, but basically all I can find out is that she was beautiful and Mm -hmm. she had a photo taken a lot and she did loads of movies. Uh, That's it. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. But, uh, yeah, so if anyone out there knows anything more about her, I'd be really interested to know because, uh, yeah, she's a bit of a mystery. But nice to... She, what's interesting here is that she's got the starring role, but when you look at the poster for Tarzana, Sesso Salvaggio, her name is not even in the three main cast names. She's, like, tucked down the bottom. Yeah, no. But also the image of the poster is two women, one black, one white... And the white girl has blonde hair and they're both in their sort of jungle uh, pants made of leaves. Jungle thongs. Jungle thongs and no bras. But neither of them is Tarzana. No, they're the other two female main characters of the film. (laughs) There are three women in this film. One of them, her name is in the name of the film, but she's not on the poster. Well, I mean, it may that that may tie in. To the fact that I mean, the, the 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 primary characters of the story don't even spot the the Tarzan of the Jungle Girl until an hour and five minutes into the movie. As yeah. viewers, we have spent plenty of time with her, but yeah, you know well, she's she's not the yeah. the main the main cast until over an hour into the picture. No, she's um, there's barely any interaction at all. So the other two women, let's mention them as we've already sort of. Oh yeah tease that there are two other women on the poster um and the first one is well i suppose we should we could go left to right or it depends on maybe screen time we should we should defer so we should probably explain briefly explain what the what the film is about so then these two women make sense so it's again plane crash baby girl survived has now grown up to be a beautiful woman that's the the gist of it and the, the surviving family from england want to go and track her down so this so there's a woman whose name is doris and she has uh come out here to the jungle to find her and she's got a man called glenn who is a great white hunter played by ken clark um and then also another guy who works with her called groda Mm -hmm. who has his own secret uh side quest that we'll talk about later so anyway, so that's why Doris is here. So she is the beautiful blonde who also um, is unafraid to um, go naked in the uh, the waterfall shower, as we've as we've seen in previous films. Although she doesn't get her clothes stolen this time, which uh, <laughs> true. I can't remember which film that was. Was that Gangala? Maybe I think that was actually the last one we covered. It's it's uh, it's firmer in my memory, and I think that means that it was recent. Well, <laughs> like you would forget the scene otherwise uh, well good point <laughs> so this um, so she's played by an actress called Franca Pol- Polisello who only just died uh, quite recently actually 2021 um, but again no information at all I don't know anything about her other than to say that she is just another person who did loads of great movies True. Um, she's in some um peplum films she's in a toto comedy she's in mission bloody mary so she is in another ken clark film Mm -hmm. uh navajo joe 
She's in the Euro spy film LSD, um, which I've been thinking, actually, I was going to run this by you offline, but we could just do it on here. Uh, thinking ahead of future mini seasons, and I was thinking of doing an LSD mini season. Oh, could we find? Well, well how? Yeah, we, yeah. There's definitely there are at least that's a, that's a subgenre to play around. Yeah, with. that's true. Yeah, there's a, there's at least three or four Italian films that deal with LSD. So maybe we'll come back to LSD, the Euro spy version. But um, yeah. Oh, and she's she's in a Robin Hood film, which I wondered whether that was one you might have come across before. Uh, yeah, Robin, Robin Hood, Hood the Invincible Archer. There, uh, that's yeah. from 1970s. One of the last films that she did, and I yeah. I have to say. I might have run across this one. Uh, I'm look, I looked at some images from it, uh, but I'll be honest, I'm not. I'm not sure if I've seen that one or yeah. not. Um, yeah. It it's. I, I, if I if if the world were the way I want it to be, it would be very easy for me to line up all of the Robin Hood films made by Italian exploitation people in the '60s and '70s and just go through them methodically. Uh, but the, the the thing about this one that makes me think that I may have tried really hard to seek it out is um, uh, it was directed by uh, a Spanish director, which means uh -huh. that I probably had like another, I had another reason to kind of try to seek this one out. But uh, the, I, I don't I don't know. I will say this. If I haven't seen it, my goal would be to eventually see it. Yeah, and yeah, the, the guy who uh, wrote and directed that particular um Robin Robin Hood film. Uh, he uh, he wrote he wrote uh, Tarzan and King Solomon's Mines in 1973, which uh, has uh, some Nashi connections, and oh. uh, Scream of the Demon Lover, which uh, is a, a Spanish uh, Gothic of some note, well worth seeing. Mm -hmm. Now available on Blu-ray. Uh, so there, there are some uh, there's some things that make me think that I probably did seek this out when I was taking a run through as many of the the stranger yeah. Robin Hood films. I just don't have strong memories of it. He directed mm -hmm. Nashi in um, the film called The Hanging Woman, uh, which oh. is also known by a number of other uh, titles as well. So cool. The um, the other woman on the poster is um, the character of Kamala who is a local that uh, they, they find a tribe in the jungle and Kamala has knowledge of where they might find this mysterious goddess. Cause Tarzana is another one who's become like a kind of goddess to the local people. So um, Kamala is played by Beryl Cunningham, mm -hmm. who was an actress originally from Jamaica. And then she came to London to study and then ended up becoming a dancer and appearing in quite a few films actually. Beryl Cunningham. She had this sort of interesting career for about twenty years, primarily in Italy, um, as well as Tarzana. She was in a few Peplum films early on, things like The Slave Merchants. Um, but you'd more likely to know her from something like So Sweet, So Perverse, um, or Black to Cameron. She was in that one. She's in a bit later on. She's in Island of the Fishmen. Yes, indeed. And then, according to this. We've seen her before because her oh, last yeah. credited film is Exterminators of the Year 3000. Which, which we talked think, about a good, a yeah. good while back, yeah. I think, we li I think we liked that one, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah she definitely. also, around that time, she also became a regular guest on the Italian program Playboy di Mezzanotte or Playboy in at Night Mezzanotte. I think that means uh, evening. Anyway. A playboy. My Italian is really. I should know this by now. Um, so she was a regular guest on a Playboy show on Italian TV. She also published a book of Jamaican aphrodisiac recipes uh, wow. in 1981. I know, but more excitingly, given that this is an audio uh, medium, she did record a hit record. Well, I say hit. Let's assume it was a hit. It's relatively collectible now. She made a record in 1978 called Wyo, um, which is and Discogs is under the genre of electronic funk and Latin soul, and that uh, which ticks a lot of boxes for me, I have to say. <laughs> so uh, here is a, bit, a little extract of Beryl Cunningham's Wyo.
pretty funky stuff. I hope I have to admit that it's is quite that's good. pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd not yeah. heard that before. Good. Yeah, and it's got a sort of jungle vibe. It's got lots of bongos in it and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I always like it when I discover that one of our cast has recorded some kind of disco record, <laughs> which it seems to have happened quite a lot actually on this podcast. Strangely enough, yes. Yeah. So anyway, so that's Beryl Cunningham. Uh, again, I don't really know anything about her once she retired, um, but she died again just a couple of years ago. But, but in, I think she basically spent the rest of her life in Italy um, after appearing in quite a lot of fun and interesting movies. So those are the two women on the poster. And we've also mentioned, obviously, Femi Benussi, who spends most of the movie a bit like what was the first one we did? Uh, was oh Gungala goodness. our first? Was Gungala the first one or the second one? I think one? it may have been, yes. In Gungala, she sort of spends most of the movie just watching the white people who've come to look for her. Yes, these strange aliens that have entered yeah, the world. Yeah, just, just watching them from a distance. And that, that's pretty much what she does here, as well as communing with the animals, courtesy of a great deal of stock footage. Um, so also appearing in the film so ken clark who we've mentioned a lot mm -hmm. and he's another actor where i'd love to find some interviews with him but i i haven't found anything really um and he passed away he was in his 80s he died back in 2009 living back in america um and oh there is a uh yeah there I, I think there have been some interviews with him but i'll be honest i haven't been able to lay hand on them okay um, yeah, you'd think he would have been sort of prime video watchdog material mm -hmm. or something. You know, there were there were enough people interested in cult Italian films by the early 2000s to have tracked him down. But there, there's not that much out there about him, which is a shame. Uh, he, of course, as well as all the great Euro spy films and stuff, um, he's in Mario Barva's uh, Road to Fort Bravo. Road to Fort called? Alamo. Alamo, bravo, Alamo. Road to Fort Alamo. I should know that because I've just recorded a commentary for that one. Good grief. Yes, um, which, by the way, I still don't know. If anyone wonders why that hasn't come out yet, all I know is that they're still doing the restoration because it had lots of vinegar syndrome, apparently, the negative. But yeah, so he's in that and loads of cool stuff. So yeah, I'd love to read some things or maybe you think people could have shot some videos of him or something but oh there, there there are some i just haven't been able to watch them yet there's a oh i see about a 40 minute interview with ken clark that i located on vimeo oh oh okay i'll, I'll send you the link um yes we'll stick it in the sh i'll stick it in the show notes um and then uh there are some other shorter uh interview pieces with him as well um okay yeah i, I oh, think good. that uh, uh robert monell actually may have uh may have uh, published or republished an interview with uh, Ken Clark done by Steve Fenton several years back. Uh, and it's it's one that... Oh, okay. Uh, part, yeah, part of it, uh, part of the fascination with Ken Clark is there, he kind of, he kind of uh, straddles both some of the, uh, Amer you know, uh, American cult film interests because of his role in uh, The Giant Leeches and the Italian-European, you know, exploitation fans, yeah. you know, dreams as well because of all the work he did in Italy and so mm -hmm. there's a there's there's always been a lot of uh, of interest in in him even uh, even after the uh, his his retirement i mean he was in things like 12 to the moon which is kind of a uh, a cheesy science fiction film in 1960 and and also uh, the giant leeches before yeah. jaunting off to italy and so what we have is a guy who was in you know love me tender with elvis and you know Agent Double O, I mean O seven seven, you know Mission Bloody yeah. Mary and from the from the Orient with Fury, and a, a Jungle Girl film and a movie, you know, a western with uh, with James Garner. So there's a lot to talk to this guy about, and I'm you know like I say there are some there's some on camera interviews oh, okay. uh, with him. I just need to sit down and watch them all because uh, he's obviously ha had a very fascinating career. And he's it's, it's one of those guys who you look at his just the movies he was in. and You're like, man, this guy's got some stories to tell. I hope, yeah. he, I hope he told them. Oh, cool. I obviously just was looking with my eyes closed because I didn't find anything. But that's really good. OK, 
well we'll try and link to some of that in the in the show notes it'd be interesting to to see what he has to say so a couple of other cast members just to want to uh, briefly mention that this this whole group of people who are heading into the jungle amongst whom is the character of Groda, who is um part of the sort of business interests i think part of the same family i think he's related yeah. somehow to to tarzana played by an act, actor called franco Russell, who had um over a hundred credits he's in pretty much every italian cult film that you can think of uh loads of stuff that we would have come across over the years he's in of course antonio margariti's um ming Rigazzi, uh, the great uh, comedy that he made in Hong Kong, <laughs> which uh, I'm sure you're a big fan of, Hercules, also known as Hercules versus Karate, or Hercules uh, yes. versus Kung Fu. Yeah, he's in that. Well, uh, more more bad, to the point, he was in Eric the Conqueror for Bava. Uh huh. He's then... the priest. He's the priest in Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye. Ex- yes, exactly. Yeah. And he's in he's in quite sort of quality stuff as well, like the Valachi papers. Um, well, let's naked... not skip over Sabata. Come on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Sabata, naked girl murdered in the park. I know that's one of your favorites. Actually, yeah, I. It's it's one of those <laughs> films directed by a, a director that I I don't have a lot of love for, but I really do enjoy that one. Whereas a lot of people kind of look down their nose at it, but I really do I really do like that film. Yeah, and of course in this film in Tarzana, there's a chimp. And he also appeared in Mr. Super Invisible. Yes, yes, he did. Where God save me. Fa- famously, there was a, a, a very notable chimp. Uh, well, or, you know, unnoticeable, depending on how you're <laughs> willing to discuss the invisibility of such yes. a creature. Yes. He also briefly appears in A Quiet Place to Kill, or A Nice Place to Kill, whichever one it is that's got Ornella Muti in it. Mm-hmm. He's, one of, he's one of the customers buying pornography from him in that film yes. so yeah so ups and downs um but yeah really interesting just again long career i don't know anything about him um i've looked around a bit but uh yeah he just did loads of films he's in eric the conqueror as well actually so yeah and wild wild planet and war with oh. planets yeah ah yes of course and then he has a uh sidekick called fred who is basically just a sleaze bag um and he is the character that we assume by the end of the film is going to fall in quicksand um <laughs> he is the obvious sleazebag yeah, bad guy yeah that's gonna go into the quicksand and he was in again with margariti he was in web of the spider mm-hmm. he had a prominent role in web of the spider very memorable yeah it? he's in loads of westerns which uh you may be more familiar with than oh yeah i mean than i am you've know, seen more blind of man and uh <clears throat> Sartana kills them all. Oh yeah, he was in just tons of them. Uh, he was he was in he was in the Mercenary, which I think is one of uh, my favorite of Sergio Corbucci's westerns. Just a great film and a great silence as well. So oh yeah, yeah, and he goes back to things like Hercules in the Haunted World and Eric the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a, oh, and he's in Luana. Exactly. So Let's not forget that he was slightly he had his skin slightly darkened to play yeah. a character in Luana. He's been to the jungle before. Oh yes, he played one of the African characters, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Let's let's quickly uh, move let's, on. Let's move from move that. forward from that. Yes. <laughs> different times, everybody. Different times. Um, I mean, he was in the Visitor, which you know. Oh, did we say his name? Raf Raf Bal Bal. Oh wait, you should take a shot at it. Raf Baldassare. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> probably but yeah and he, was, um, he was just in he was just almost another in great guy films, and, and i think it's fascinating that we've already seen him uh in our conversation about uh, luigi cozzi's uh hercules films yeah he's in both of those playing different characters different characters uh, so yeah so there's a pretty uh seasoned cast oh and one last person to mention there's a guy called lars who's also part of their crew and he's played by furio Menicomi who was the king of the aliens in the snow devils oh yeah that's right yeah just wanted to mention that there anyway okay so that's everybody shall we get down to uh, the plot such as it is i mean i think basically 
I think at this point, if you've listened to the three previous episodes that we've done in yeah. this subgenre, then the plot's you know not going to be is. much of a shock. So, yeah. No, although there's kind of a slightly interesting twist, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, so true. I, looking around to try and find anybody who'd done any kind of review that was more than two sentences, I found a blog called The Spinning Image, and they've actually done a really good article on the film. Hmm, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll link to this one in the show notes. So it gives a pretty good summary. Orphaned after a plane crash in Africa, topless jungle queen Tarzana <laughs> lives happily with her animal friends, unaware that back in swinging London, her wealthy grandfather, Lord Donovan, is determined to bring her home. And this is because I think she, his son is, so his son died in the plane crash and he needs to find the heir to his fortune. So he gets his two employees, who are also somehow related to him. Uh, Groder is like a nephew or something. I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, he sends Doris and Groder off to the jungle. Do they actually say what country we're in? I can't remember. Uh, they say that, uh, that they've gotten this piece of information from Nairobi. So we're talking about Kenya. Oh, yeah, we're in Kenya. Yeah, 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 you're right. They get, that's right. There's a clue. That's right. I remember now Ken Clark, Glenn Shipper, the white hunter who who goes out and bags rhinos and hippos for the zoos all around the world, and he has reported finding the finding a plane that's crashed fifteen years earlier, and they think this must be evidence of what happened. So he, oh, that's right. So Lord Donovan wants to find out what happened to his son, so he wants them to go out and find this plane crash and see whether there's any evidence as to what happened to the girl. Yep. So they head off to Kenya. Uh, Doris hires rugged adventurer Glenn Shipper to lead a well-armed search party. While the safari team explore the jungle, tangling with wild beasts and hostile natives, including shooting a lion that turns out to have a collar. Oh, in the, in, in the, in the stock footage, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the collar, the collar. Yeah. I love the fact that the collar is 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 one of the clues in the film this is pretty cool the the whole collar woven from grass which is a it's a pretty interesting little addition to this kind of story. yeah because um the whole time groda so as it says here groda aims to inherit her fortune so groda and his friend fred um basically he groda wants the wants the mission to fail so that he can inherit the money mm-hmm and if they do find Tarzana, he wants to kill her anyway, because then he'll get the money for some reason. So um, he keeps saying, no, this can't be right. This must be something to do with the natives. And because Glenn Shipper has been living there for years, he says, no, uh, no native ever made a collar for a lion. No native ever built a hut up a tree. Sort of all the sort of evidence that there must be a girl around where they are yeah that um can't just be one of the natives so there's because so they meet this they go to a jungle uh village and they meet they they get invited to a party basically there's just like loads of dancing and naked dancing and and one of the dancers is beryl cunningham kamala and she tells glenn who speaks perfect jungle <laughs> and did you notice how how fluent he was in jungle yeah yeah he, he he spouted whatever that was perfectly well yeah <laughs> i might put a clip of that in here agasu jambo kariska matangolamba tiaku masuku besi kamala abari kwani sahivi taukuri indola atsupa tegona tubwana tazana tazana Glenn Shipper speaking jungle language. Um, so he communicates with Kamala. It's really funny because so they set up camp by this village. And um, one night after uh, Doris has already basically stripped off. And just like in one of the other films, maybe it was Luana, I can't remember. Fred is a peeping Tom and he's watching her from behind a tree. Um which is similar to what happened in the other movie. I think it's terrible how many people in these films, they, they, they take advantage of the female character's willingness to maintain good grooming. It's, it's yes. terrible. I know. 
Um, anyway, so after Doris has put her clothes back on, she's looking out the window of her tent and she spots Kamala going into Glenn's tent. And she's, you know, she's already got the hots for Glenn. So she just assumes the worst. But of course, what is what is actually happening? Because unlike in Samoa, where the hero turned out to be a scumbag, uh, yeah. in this film, Glenn is a man of high moral fiber. And Which I have he's... to admit was a shock. I know. <laughs> so there's nothing going on between him and Kamala at all, apart from fluent jungle. And um... <laughs> okay, there's a there's a phrase that could be used as a double entendre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he explains to the rest of the group that Kamala was once rescued by this white goddess Tarzana, and she can take them to where that was. So off they go. And that then leads them further into the jungle. Meanwhile, Groder is plotting what he's going to do. And he's got Fred on his side. But Fred is just a horny, horrible man. This is true. Who, first of all, tries to assault uh, Doris when she's having her naked um, waterfall shower. And then he tries to rape Kamala. Because all the time, Groder keeps saying, we can't trust Kamala. She's only a native. He's like super racist. Yeah. He, he just keeps slagging off the natives because and saying they must be stupid. What do they know? Even though, you know, they know the jungle a hell of a lot better than he does. Okay. Yeah. In which anybody <laughs> with half a brain and, and uh, just yeah. a smidge less racism in their, in their character yeah. would recognize this as obvious. It's very colonial, uh, this film. It feels like the script could have come out of the 30s rather than the yeah 60s but because he's the bad guy as we, we sort of understand fairly early on that he is the bad guy so it just makes us hate him all the more basically um but yeah eventually um they're following kamala and they're getting closer and closer and tarzana who has barely been in it apart from just watching them and ru running around topless and a swing if you <laughs> there's some great shots I think they basically got one shot of their topless stunt double swinging from one tree to another tree on a vine. Mm -hmm. They managed to film it once and then they just keep dropping it in. Because pretty much every time it's the same shot. The, the, I, I think you may be right. And um, the, <laughs> the the effectiveness of it, is, the first time you see it, it's pretty, it's pretty effective. I like it. But yeah. uh, the repetition suddenly becomes, oh, okay, so that's really... But, it, but it, except... Because they clearly never went near an actual jungle, so they they shoot they're crossing between the stock footage and the studio jungle. Mm -hmm. But then when they had to film somebody swinging from tree to tree, they just obviously went out to some sort of local forest to film it. But the trees are very are spread quite far apart, and I don't know maybe it was autumn. There's not a lot of leaves, so the the kind of forest that she's swinging from tree to tree in doesn't look anything like the forest that everyone else is in so it's all a bit surreal well if we're gonna <laughs> sort of... if we're gonna start talking about some of the stranger aspects <laughs> of this film i mean yeah well why not from well from the title from the title it's obvious that this is uh, set itself up as, as a kind of gender flip of tarzan and since in the first few minutes we get uh this this young lady dear femi delivering uh, a a kind of version of the 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 weissmuller tarzan yell yes she um, does do that so you know it's a they're very much saying up front hey gender flip tarzan um apparently without all of the tarzan on everybody else violence uh but the uh the, the she rides an elephant so we get that aspect of the you know the 1930s and 40s tarzan yeah. movies thrown in there as well the um um the, the stock footage some of the stock footage is well integrated um yeah. but you know and, and some of it is just you know kind of there to to ladle on what you know should be some kind of detail about hey no really we're we're in this place we're pretending to be but the yeah. uh uh i think it's funny that the uh the whole thing about tarzana being translated as like woman of mystery or something like that which is like no you've just added an a to the end of tarzan we all know what this is yeah um <laughs> I think it's uh, interesting that as the movie starts, um, we we see these folks trek into the jungle in a jeep and a minivan, you know, into the unknown. 
And there's, yeah. a, there's a part of me, I'm, I was glad when we finally got them on foot, you know, in the obvious jungle sets to, to get them out of those vehicles because there was a part of me that was wondering, <laughs> wondering what the radio would pick up. But, hey, I guess we're <laughs> never going to find out. Yeah, and they, they they set up camp, and it's, I'm sure it's the same camp set. Oh yeah, as we've seen now about four times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I I agree. Yeah, uh, there, I, I, I just talking about the print. I, yeah, I, I don't know mm-hmm. that there's another print of this film out, out there, and that is very sad. Mainly because um, this one shows evidence of, like I said earlier, missing some stuff at a couple of the real changes. Yeah. There's a really hard cut after the uh, near the beginning when uh, they go to talk to Glenn Shepard and make him the $100,000 offer to, to, to be their guide into the jungle. Um, so there's a hard cut there that seems like there might be some missing footage. And then there's a, a there's a, a weirder one that, uh, that, well, I wouldn't say weird, but it's obvious that, that there's a scene where uh, Ken Clark's character and um, uh, Doris, the character, the, the character Doris, are talking and there's a snake and then suddenly there's a, a, a hard cut and we're in another scene and I think there's a missing oh, yeah. sequence there that involved yeah the snake in some way and I yeah. don't know why it's gone because I don't know I don't know that anybody would have shied away from any animal violence in this thing but I just think no. it's a, it's at a real change and the footage got lost and that is a real shame that that's definitely a sequence that you can tell should be in the movie and is gone because yeah. of a, a screwed up print. Um, I think that um, it's very interesting that uh, Tarzana's uh, jungle yell, that 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 Ertzat Weishmuller type yodel yell, is is enough to uh, calm the uh, the attacking tribes down later on in the movie. She just makes that yeah. she just rips that out there, and they suddenly panic and run off. And it also it it tells the elephants to stampede. It it, uh, it, it all depends. Can... It, it, there's so much nuance within that yell. There yeah. are so many things that can be communicated with that sound. Well, I'd like to read another part of this um, spinning image review, which I think sums up quite nicely the relationship that she has with animals. It says, in a surreal note of semi-bestiality, all the animals seem to respond to Tarzana's sexiness. Elephants. <laughs> Elephants trumpet an equivalent of a wolf whistle as she saunters by, big cat swoon, and in the goofiest moment, her panting chimpanzee sidekick dissuades Tarzana from wearing clothes. And one smile from Temi, uh, one smile from Femi, turns the fiercest jungle predator into a purring kitten, whom she nuzzles naked on a fur rug. Frankly, it is the most believable thing in the film. <laughs> <laughs> her charms are obvious yes yeah it's pretty funny yeah so we're back to the the whole looking for the orphan in the jungle thing again who's p- potentially going to inherit a fortune so we saw that in luana and we saw that in gungala i think it was basically the same wasn't it but yeah. Samoa was a bit different. But Samoa yeah, was different. Back... Yeah, that was that was just a uh, hunt through the jungle for diamonds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Samoa was it was just sort of coincidence that they bumped into a jungle girl, whereas here they're they're looking for her. And eventually, like you said, it's basically almost the end of the movie by the time they find her. I know, I know. It, it, you're we're like twenty <laughs> minutes from wrapping everything up before they even know that she exists. And the way that um, she's she's very scared of them because she's seen fred shoot uh he shot a deer or something mm-hmm. um and <laughs> oh yeah and then fred i think it doesn't matter people don't care if we give it away fred doesn't fall in quicksand nope but he falls into the next best thing but normally again it's you know normally you set these things up you introduce something earlier in the film so that when it happens it's not just out of the blue but not in this movie, unless it was in a bit that was cut, because Fred is running along and then all of a sudden he just falls into a trap laced with sharpened bamboo and dies. But, you know, you normally that would have been teased by, you know, we would have seen Tarzana jumping over that because she knows that it's dangerous or something. But no, he just falls in. <laughs> 
So he's dead, but uh, she's very scared of all that's left. By the time everyone's pretty much everyone's dead, except for Ken, uh, Ken Clark and uh, Doris, and they have cornered Tarzana, and she's a, to the point where she might jump off a cliff to get away from them. So, Rod, could you explain how uh, what Doris does to communicate to Tarzana that she's going to be safe with them? Oh, uh, oh, oh, God! What was uh, the, okay? So there's the there's the. Oh, I'm trying to remember the details now. This is terrible. Um, there's two oh, very stri- important oh, th- details. Th- she stripped down. <laughs> she does. That's right. Oh my God! That's right. <laughs> She strips down to walk toward her as if, you know, this, this will display, I mean, you know, and maybe it does, this will display, you know, their, yeah, their, their lack of, their lack of uh, aggressiveness. Um, because all we've, we've seen that with, although Doris doesn't know this, but it's not the first time that uh, Tarzana has spied on Doris and looked at mm. Doris's boobs and then <laughs> yes. looked at her own, looked at her own oh, boobs. And, and, and thought, judged oh. her, and judged her own breasts as being, uh, not, not as worthy, I guess. Yeah. And she also steals some of. At one point, she does somehow steal a top of Doris's, and that's when she's putting it on, and the monkey is telling her she's she shouldn't wear it. So she's she's become like seeing this other white woman has made her become self conscious about her body. Um. So Doris, uh, yeah, she bonds with with her by showing her that she also has breasts. Uh, and Glenn Shipper, of course, being the gentleman that he is doesn't uh ogle or anything he's very good very nice <laughs> um i can't actually remember now because these films have already blurred into one in my head does she go with them in the end i think she um, does doesn't she you know i can't oh my god i can't remember <laughs> what happened at the end oh man I okay well people just have That's to terrible but yeah you'll just have to watch it and find out does Unlike some of the others where they just leave the, the, the jungle girl behind, she's not ready to come back to civilization. Um, with this one, I think they do befriend her. I can't actually remember. Anyway, it's funny. But yeah, they that's kind of it. Um, I don't know what else there is we can say about this movie, about Tarzana, other than do, you know, with all these things, as we generally say, that it's it's fun. Check it out. It is. It 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 is. It's uh, it moves well. Uh, it's um, it's colorful and interesting enough. There are if you have any inclination toward this this bizarre subgenre, uh, it's it's an entertaining example of it. I kind of like it a bit more than uh, Samoa, mainly because this is an actual kind of Jungle Girl movie. Whereas Samoa, don't get me wrong, the you know. <laughs> The, the the interest in Samoa is both in its female lead and in the fact that it is different enough from the other standard t- tales of this type yeah. to make it stand out in a way. But you know this is this is this is the classic Jungle Girl story done uh, done pretty well. It's 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 not uh, it's not going to set anybody's world on fire, but it is it is a fun example. Yeah. Of it. There's a review. Uh, there are there are only seven reviews on the IMDb as well. So again, this is a film that's not been watched by many people. But there's a review from the year 2000 where they say about the um, about the chimp uh, when she's trying on the clothes. Her pet chimp eyes her up and down, then shakes his head no, and she slips right back out of the jacket. This seems to be conclusive proof that the Darwinian theory is, after all, correct. <laughs> so yeah, there's a there, it's these kind of extra little details, like the the chimp that's been dubbed by a man, um, <laughs> that's got the eyes for uh, Tarzana, which just make it quite entertaining. It's very funny. Um, yeah, so there we go. That's Tarzana, and that is our whole season done. Now, Rod, normally we, when we've done our full seasons, we've ranked the films in order. I'm not sure I could do that this time with these four. Yeah, I don't know that I could either, yeah. There, there's, there's so much, and this we talked about this a couple of episodes back, They're, they are so much of a sameness that there's, a little, there's little to differentiate them unless you are examining them almost one right after the other 
in, you know, in, yeah. in time where you're watching one, watching the next, and making notes about the differences between them. And, and you're, you're kind of... The, to differentiate between them is to, in a large way, kind of split hairs. You know, this one succeeds in this category, whereas that one doesn't, and vice versa, back and forth yeah. and back and forth, to the point where you realize, well, it's just the... If, if you enjoy the genre to... If you enjoy the genre, then... Almost all of them are going to be worth seeing, but they're not they're not necessarily something that is going to appeal to everyone. And there aren't and part of the joy is that they really kind of are very similar to each other. There's not a lot of variation that anybody tried to do. And you either kind of run with that or kind of throw up your hands and go, well, damn it, I've already seen this movie. It was under a different title. Yeah. So we are done with swinging through the jungle. Thank you, everybody, for coming with us on this great journey. Uh, across the jungles of the world we've been to many different countries and seen pretty much the same film in each of them um, to, to a large degree this is true but it's been fun um so yeah we are done with this season and we are in fact done for 2023 so i will say merry christmas to you all and uh buon natale as they might say in italy um if they didn't speak italian but yeah, and happy Christmas to you as well, Rod. I uh, I hope you have a good one. Oh well, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and uh, a happy New Year. I'm sure we will talk again before the uh, end of December, but I don't think that it will be for public consumption. So have a good time and uh, hope everything goes well. Yeah, thank you. And we'll be back in the new year with a new season. Uh, this time we are going to be looking towards comic books for inspiration we're going to watch italian comic book movies i'm looking forward to this because i have less i have less facility i've not seen as many of these as uh i thought i had or i've seen them and the memories of them are very very dim so yeah this is gonna be good it's gonna have yeah it'll be diabolic satanic super argo argo man all that sort of stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah lots of costumes lots of masks lots of total nonsense it's going to be good mystery mystery men in italy yes that's it so yeah thanks everybody uh do stay in touch with us in all the usual ways email uh instagram twitter and um yeah that other things probably are there other ways that people can contact us oh, um, my oh the email address yeah, yeah email. email address that's right uh wildwildpodcast at gmail.com and uh thank you with all that said we will be back in the new year have a great rest of december and thank you for listening bye 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 everyone Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.